Sliced Apples Podcast with Alex and David. Yo, yo, yo. This is D-A-V-I-D, a.k.a. Visco. Visco, Visco. <laughs> Oh lord! I can't believe you're starting with that, dude. Oh my gosh, yeah, what can't. a throwback! I can't believe it either. Did I just do that? I don't know. I guess I guess when you get nervous, you start throwing out old bars, huh? <laughs> Did I do that? Uh, well, we uh, uh, you you popped on, dude, in the middle of that draft episode. That was really fun, by the way. I I really like doing the like you do the UFC ones without me, and I kind of like doing them sometimes without you. It's weird because like I I'm so used to like being almost like the facilitator and then mm-hmm. you're like the entertainment in a way. So it's like a shift when I have somebody like Brett on who is so analytical. I'm like, OK, I have to be a little more colorful here. Like I can't just be. <laughs> it's normal. funny that you say that because on the UFC podcast, my role shifts. Caesar's the entertainer, obviously. So I have to be the facilitator <laughs> on that one so <laughs> it's a challenge sometimes dude sometimes like because if you and i were both ridiculous we would never get anything done our conversations would have no point like you have to have like some sort of direct you you really think like if we were both ridiculous like you know we're, we're taking bryce young both of us i mean we'd probably get more views honestly like we could be ridiculous like that we could we could i mean we'd be easier to market <laughs> but hey I mean, instead we just shoot the shit hey i, I... Honestly, I'm not even gonna lie. I still haven't listened to that episode, but I know, I know it was kind of. I could tell how it was going, and then I popped on for some mad. It was just chaos. I popped on. It was just chaos and craziness. This crazy dude getting on here talking and whatnot. Yeah, I wanna, I wanna see real quick. He texted me a few things about his his pick. So he said, so far this was after first couple picks he said first his first two hedges hit will anderson third plus 300 richardson third quarterback while the main picks he lost was richardson at two and levi uh levis at uh four um yeah that's that's the only he, ones yeah he had, Car- re- he had he had jalen carter going fifth as well yeah biggest regret was not putting more on the quentin johnson under 26 and a half the cardinals trade fucked me or i would have been positive I think Carter would have gone at six had they not traded. So, I mean, again, I love that man, dude. I think he's so great for what we do because he just like fills in certain things. Like, I don't know shit about betting. And then you're still like newer to betting in comparison to him. Or I should say, like, probably he's more organized on the betting side than you are. Wouldn't you say like this man? That's what amazed me is I sat down to do that indoor golf league. That's how I met him. And he just had spreadsheets excel spreadsheets of all the different it, i don't even know dude i mean multiple columns of all these different metrics and shit he's just a he's a finance guy he just gets it so i love yeah. having him on he's so fun he'll be on tv yeah. one day I'm, I'm convinced dude i'm convinced he'll be on tv one day i really am uh, not espn because you, <laughs> ha- you got like you got 30 to 45 seconds that's it <laughs> Brett's getting fired on the first day for taking up the whole hour of, of get up <laughs> or dude, first real. take. <laughs> they real, have dude. we have a analyst, college football analyst Brett. <laughs> like it just it's just like Stephen A's just there, like, man, I can't even 
Brett. Uh, we got we, me talk? we got a lot to get through. So let's uh let's start running this because I I mean we we're here sitting here Tuesday, so we're two days removed from draft end Sunday or Saturday. I honestly don't watch past the first round. Yeah. Okay. Sunday well, we're a couple days removed. And How pumped were you first round? First round. Let's just talk about the first round. That's all I watched. That's all I okay, was caring okay, about. Okay. What What did you think? What did you think of the Texans? Mm. Ultimate big ball sack move, trading up to three, getting back to back CJ Stroud and Will Anderson. Okay. This is where we're going to differ. I love the aggression on the fact that they moved back up to get Will Anderson. I don't love the CJ Stroud pick. And the reason being is, and I think Brett kind of convinced me of this. So if you listen to the last yeah, time, that's why I was, I was like, all right, what did well, Brett tell you? No, the reason being is like, cause he, he, and I came to my, this conclusion on my own, I believe because with his influence, it helped. But like, I came to this conclusion on my own. Let me ask you this. Like, I feel like the Texans drafted a quarterback too soon into their rebuild. Like, Brett was of the opinion that we should have wrote it out with, and I'm going to paraphrase, and I'm sorry, Brett, if I'm wrong, if, but I remember it like this, where we write it out this year with a veteran, we suck again, and then we go for, like, a Caleb Williams or uh, uh, whoever the other guy is. I don't even remember his name. Why is he so in love with the next year's quarterback? I, I, I don't I don't, love Caleb Williams. I don't like the, the fingernail, the fuck Utah or whatever on his finger. I don't love that. Like, character issues, bro. He's not a culture guy. Don't love it. But... I do. I did like where his head was at, where it's like you kind of and I had this argument with my older brother and I want your opinion on this. I believe the quarterback is one of the last positions that you draft primarily because and I'm not saying the last one of the last, because if you build a team and a culture and like you get solid pieces, unless it's a Lamar Jackson, like the quarterback should be one of the last pieces because the quarterback will be set up for success or a higher percentage chance of success. If he enters into a system that's already got a couple of weapons, a strong offensive line, a you know a good defense, that sort of thing, like what, hold on, I'm gonna stop you right there. Do you fail to realize all those things that you mentioned? The Texans have those things. Let me look up the numbers because I'm not. I'm confident in the fact that we have great tackles. Okay, I don't believe outside wish- of that that we have. A strong, uh, high-ranking offensive line, but I could I be completely was, there, wrong. There's a tweet I saw like around draft time, maybe the day after. I wish I'd find it, but I'm okay. telling you, I saw it and I was like, "Oh, I didn't, I didn't even know our offensive line was that good as a whole." Okay, let's see which ones I don't get blocked from. All right, here we go. So this is Pro Football Network. The Texans' offensive line, according to Pro Football Network, is ranked 22nd. Okay, but so is that's that kind of like, as of right now. That's it's 2023 best offensive lines. This is March 8th. This was published. So this so is March 8th, 2023, and this is they're ranked 22nd. Now take that how you will, but my point stands about the fact that I'm curious. Do you think that drafting a quarterback early into the rebuild? is beneficial to the team and to the quarterback's progression? Or do you think like later on in the build, is it better? Rebuild is it better? I, I get what you're saying because that's in, I could think of Cleveland Browns for a long time. Jalen you know, Hurts he, is a great example of that. 
drafted recently drafted recently but had a great but had no drafted recently like in, in in recent memory but the team around him has a lot of historically good just strong pieces and then they went and got aj brown well and- i mean hindsight's always 2020 if i remember at the time the eagles were middle of the pack i mean a lot of those weapons they acquired mm-hmm. these past couple off seasons through free agency and whatnot mm-hmm. so yes it's it, it's it's for me personally, I would have to counter that. I would have to like say, uh, that doesn't really fit because they didn't have all those weapons when they drafted Jalen Hurts. They just okay. came about, which I'm, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, he got the he ended up eventually getting the weapons. But your main point, I do see what you're saying because you know if you were to get drafted number one overall by the Browns a few years back. 10 years ago, you know, it was kind of like, well, what's the point? You know, exactly. There, there's nothing, but the Texans aren't, I don't know if it's me being super biased or what, but I don't think the Texans are in that position. I think we're in a perfect time to get a quarterback because I mean, we're, we're getting, we got some strong defensive pieces, especially young. A lot of them are young too. Yeah. Offensive line, like you said, we got two great tackles. Um, we also have uh, – we traded for Shaq Mason. And then we have Kenyon Green as well. And then in the second round, we drafted a center. So, I mean, it, we ain't got no scrubs. I mean, the jury's still out. We'll, we'll have to see mm. as far as, like, on paper and what Nick Casario has done. He's definitely taking those necessary steps to improve, to make the offensive line pretty damn good with the resources he has. Um, receivers. Now I will say receivers is kind of one of those things like it's going to, it's going to be interesting how we, how, how that works out. I mean, we did get Robert Woods. Um, we got John Mechie coming back. From uh, his cancer, leukemia. Leukemia. Oh, look, leukemia. I'm not even sure. Uh, so, jury's still out on him. We did get uh, Noah Brown from the Cowboys. Leukemia, yeah. Uh, and then obviously we drafted Tank Dell. So I'd say, if anything, Robert Woods is. We know what Robert Woods brings to the table. Um, the rest of the wide receiver squad. Little fresh, little young. So okay, maybe not the best. We do have Damian Pierce in the backfield, which is solid. Even though he's still young, he's he proved himself. I Who like him. Did? No, he's a, he's a good running back, dude. He and then a we good signed back. and then we signed Devin Singletary, some veteran, you know, presence in the backfield. Our defense is young, but we on that come up. And, and we we've got, got a Mi- defensive head in my coach. Sorry. No and right. we got Miko. Yeah, yeah. We got Miko. I, 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 that's why for the Texans taking CJ Stroud, I, I would have to disagree with that. I think this right now is the time to take a quarterback. Now, if it was maybe a year, even a year ago, and we took a quarterback, yeah, it's probably too soon because we just, we didn't know what we were about, what we were made of. But I think. If you don't take the quarterback now, it's kind of like 
it puts I'm, you in a I'm weird position. You. It puts you mm-hmm. in a weird position, don't you think? Like, imagine yeah. the Texans not taking CJ Stroud in the first round there. It, it would have just, you would have just felt like, you know, uh, cool. And they took Will the, Anderson. Yeah. I don't know the contract structures or anything like that. So it could be the perfect time where you think about, like you say, if you don't take a quarterback right now, you might have players on the defensive or defensive side that are coming up for contract renewals are going to be free agents and they're not going to be enticed as much. If you aren't, if you don't have any offensive production and the, the defense is working their tail off and they can go elsewhere and actually win like that, that might be a factor you know, down the line, like like we were talking about, Caleb Williams is the only one that I can Drake, Drake something, Drake London or some shit like that. Drake, wh- whatever his name is, um, also coming out of uh, college. His name will come to me eventually. It'll be like 30 minutes in the episode. But I think I agree with you that CJ Stroud was necessary to take. I just I don't like Ohio State quarterbacks. Like, I just I just don't. I don't as a big you're you even make fun of me. I mean, Big Ten guy. I don't I don't like the, the the quarterbacks. I don't like the Ohio State court. I don't think they pan out. And my brother's argument back to that was Justin Fields. And I look at him, I go, it's but like we don't know. Like Justin Fields is a great quarterback right now, but like he's one out of how many? Like we could pull up the list, but like the Ohio State quarterbacks have not been what they're projected to be in most cases. So I I don't mind the pick but i wasn't exactly excited i wasn't cheering when we took him i was cheering when we draft or when we moved up to take will anderson i was like fuck yes like we're actually getting somebody that we know for a fact is going to be like a just stud in the nfl like we know for a fact he's going to be a stud so i loved that move but the cj stroud i was sitting there i'm like i really hope like i hope he turns out and peyton manning real quick peyton manning said something earlier on the Pat McAfee show that I thought was cool. He said, you want to screw up a young quarterback, change offensive coordinators every year. So that is my biggest fear also for the Texans is that we've gone through a lot of turnover on the coaching side. And some people like Stephen A was calling for Nick Casario's job because of like how he's treated black coaches and things like that. And kind of made it more of like a race thing in a way. I don't really have a comment on that in regards, but it's more just in line with, I agree with him. Like if they were to get rid of D'Amico Ryan's like in one year or two and do an overhaul of all the coaching again. And I know you're shaking your head. No. And I'm really hoping that's not the case, but that's what worries me also is that you have to have a stable offensive coordinator in order for this guy to develop further and become a productive NFL quarterback. So I really hope for that. And so that's why my reaction to CJ Stroud was, I hope he turns into something like I hope he does well. And I understand why we drafted him because we kind of have to. We're in that like weird inflection point where it's like if we don't take somebody now, like we're banking on next year's class to be better. But we're in a good position now to take somebody like we might as well just take the risk. Like it's a it's kind of like a calculated risk. And I and I agree with it. I just hope it turns into something. You know who screwed? Bryce Young. (laughs) That's somebody that's screwed. But yeah, dude. back to, first of all, let me tackle this Ohio State quarterback thing. Um, Justin Fields went number 11. C.J. Stroud went number two. Um, there, in my recent memory bank, there hasn't been Ohio an Ohio State quarterback that has been, has come even close in, like I said, in recent memory. 
within the past 10 to 20 years of that high of a draft position. And coming when he declared for the draft, C.J. Stroud was, everybody said Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, one and two, one and two. And so the Ohio State thing is kind of like, to me, it's, it's uh, I, I just, eh, it's not, I feel like QB is a little different. It just, every, every specific person is different. Every system they come into is different. It's not like, what, oh, like we know cornerbacks, like great cornerbacks come from this school. Like, don't try, the cornerbacks that come from this school, uh, like Ohio State cornerbacks, uh, they haven't really panned out. You know what I'm saying? That's a little different because like, you know how to play DB. If you know how to play DB, you play DB. It, it's, it's, you know, it's not, there, there isn't a bunch of different variables like there is for quarterback. But, I don't know. I just don't like that argument. Uh, I don't trust Ohio so, State. I mean, before that is what, Car- the Jones? Car- yeah, Dwayne, Dwayne Haskins, 2019. Cardell Jones, 2016. RIP. 2011, Terrell Pryor, and then 2007, Troy Smith, and it goes down, down, down. But, I mean... None, none of those guys were scouted as high as C.J. Stroud. CJ, sure, sure. Like, so, I, I think that makes a difference. Like, it does. If, if the guy was projected a third-round pick, and he a bona fide scrub, and turns out to be a bona fide scrub, we, I mean... You, we are, he was who we thought he was. Like, Let me ask you this then. If he doesn't play that semi semifinal game as well as he did, do you think that's a, he, 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 he put a lot of money in his pocket in that semifinal game? I'm not gonna I'm not even gonna cap. That semi that's the one thing you look at because Georgia, you saw what they turned out to do against TCU. Yeah. yeah. And to think that CJ Stroud was going tit for tat with that defense. Um, I mean, you, you can't, you, it, it does nothing but just instantly like boop, boost up. Cause that, that's a, that's a big game. That's it's a big time game and whatnot. And what I love most, and I didn't even think about this coming into the draft. All the last couple weeks before the draft of the speculation, CJ Stroud dropping down his test scores and all that. I don't know if you saw when he got drafted, that dude, he has a chip on his shoulder, and I love it. I love it. He's going to have that dog in him because he's just going to think how everybody was doubting him coming into the, the last week or two of draft. And, and he, he showed that emotion too. You could tell because he showed it. He was like, man, everybody, obviously he's a kid. He's young. You're going to see you're gonna see everything that people's putting out there on Twitter and whatnot. Shit, I saw it too, and I was like, damn. Looks like the Texans might not take C.J. Stroud, man. Like it's look, it's not looking good for him. What did what did he do? What happened? He saw the same thing, and he, he saw the doubters, and that's what I took from from seeing him get drafted number two. Is like he he's gonna have that dog in him. He has that chip on his shoulder, and I love it. I sure hope so, man. I mean, I I think I I agree with you. Um... But I still stand by the fact that, like, I hope he does well. Meanwhile, like, Will Anderson Jr., Jalen Carter, or some of these other guys, like, 
you know, I know, I know they're going to, they're going to produce because they're just, they're freaks. So I'm uh, glad that we got one of them, you know, I, uh, I was going to say, I think the Texans won the first, that first round. I heavily disagree. One, I mean, I guess the Eagles, I, I know oh, the, the Eagles, Eagles have a, bro. have a good, like, they're like right bro. there. Like, Hey, yo, bro, the Eagles got two out of probably I would say two out of the three best defensive players and Jalen Carter prior to his incident was touted as the number one player in this draft value wise like the best value pick in this draft and then you watch Nolan Smith and dude I just love Nolan Smith like I've watched interviews of him this guy's a mathematician Dude, this guy is just, he's an animal. I mean, he is just a freak of nature. So, you know, you know what I really want to talk about? The laziness of the Eagles general managing. That's all oh, I want to say. How, uh, like, like, you know Allie how Roseman I could, is a goat, dude. Stop. I, could, I could go into a building and be like, what was the number one defense in college, college football last year? Georgia? All right. Whoever's on the board for Georgia, let's just draft them on defense. Yes, let's go. That's our draft stat strategy. Is, is that a bad I, idea? I, I, I mean, is it a bad it's, idea? It's, it's, it, it's not, but it's lazy. Oh, there you go. I don't care if it's he just, lazy it just, if it, it went just, Super it, Bowls. It, hey, it just turned out well this time. I, I mean, as far, I got no you know. I got no issue with it, dude. I love I love Eagles absolutely fleeced everybody in the first round. Don't even act I, like it's I re- I really thought Jalen Carter was gonna go to the Raiders. I thought with the whole incident and stuff, the Ray, Al, Davis, Al Davis couldn't resist. Like, Jalen Carter, we got to get that guy. No, no, he's going to the Eagles. He's going with the dogs. We got a couple other George, I mean, Georgia boys. So. I, I'm, not, I'm not too mad about it because now the Cowboys really get to get beat up. Oh, yeah. Ultimately, that's why I love to see the Cowboys. Cowboys game. I love up. I love the uh AJ Brown and Micah Parsons. Like you might as well just come to the Cowboys now, dude. You might as well I mean, sorry, you might as well come to the Eagles now, bro. Like, what are you doing over there? Like, we got everybody. What are you doing? I agree. I'm like, Micah, come on over. Like, Cowboys suck. Dak Prescott's never gonna win you a Super Bowl. Jerry Jones is not gonna put together a team that's gonna win a Super Bowl. However, I would like to highlight that the uh the Vaughn scenario in the draft room was was pretty awesome. I mean, it's hard to not give them credit on that one. That was that was really cool watching the video of, of Deuce's dad call him and yeah. like say, Hey, you know, you want to come to work with me next week? I thought that was so cool. Like it was, <laughs> was such a cool moment. So props yeah. to them for that. You can't hate on that, but I do feel bad that he's playing for the Cowboys. So that boy, that boy, <laughs> well, it really made me mad. It's like, okay, like Texans Eagles by far two of the teams that had the best first round, whether. Yeah. Who won was the Eagles or Texans? Cool. They're they're one and two, definitely. Those those two by far. Yeah. Our man Tofu was over there. Like, we gave up too much for that number three pick. And I'm just like, what? What? Ooh. Well, that's a that's a I mean what? We'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see, right? We'll see in three or four years if we did, right? Like that's like, that's what it, it it no, just look at like when you come into a draft. You, how many times have you seen a team get be able to get two of the first three picks? You haven't. I mean, I haven't historically checked it, but I'm pretty sure you haven't. I'm pretty sure the Texans have been the only team to do that, and it just lined up perfectly. And it's funny because I saw this on Twitter. If you think about it, 
the Texans didn't trade up to three for Will Anderson. They traded up to three for C.J. Stroud, yes. um, which which makes sense because obviously if they didn't take C.J. Stroud with number two, somebody would have been trying to get number three. Instead, the Texans knew what Nick Casario, you know, Hats off to you. Good job. I, I like I like what he did. I think what he did was aggressive, and I like you got to be aggressive. You got to be aggressive in a rebuild. Like, the you thing gotta, is, you got to make we, moves. We have plethora of draft picks, bro. Like we're still, we might have given up a next year, first round for next year. We still have another one. Uh, so it's like we have draft picks galore. Why not? If why not get your quarterback and then. Obviously, Miko being a defensive guy and whatnot, if he really wanted, he's like, this guy, Anderson, he's the guy. Like, that's the guy we need. I, Sorry. I that's just like, you got to do it. Like, it's just, it's what you got to do. And I think the main thing is just like, people are kind of down right now on CJ Stroud. I think that's the main kind of, uh, well, I don't know. But ultimately, we needed some direction and quarterback. We we needed we needed to do this. C.J. Stroud, he needed to be drafted. We needed to draft him. We don't hit me with uh, Anthony Richardson. You know, Colts. <laughs> Good for you, bro. Over, That's exactly overpaid. where I was gonna go. Or Anthony Richardson is gonna absolutely torment us. That's what's gonna no, happen. He's, no, he's not. Stop All it, right, dude. book it. Book it. Dude. He's going to torment Stop. How, why, so why does Anthony Richardson get the label as like, oh, he's going to torment us, but C.J. Stroud well, is like a, uh, uh. When C.J. Stroud is actually the one that was touted all season throughout the whole season as, this is behind Bryce Young, this is the next sure. best quarterback. Yeah, Anthony no, Richardson was unknown. Yeah. Until he freaking showed off his rifle on a on a workout footage. Be, yeah, and then he showed us that he's a physical freak. No, the difference is we have a def- defensive-minded head coach, and they have the head coach that formed Justin Herbert and Jalen Hurts and is now going to form Anthony Richardson. So I just think the track record says something right there. So you're That's telling all. me we'll Frank see. Wright we'll made we'll Justin Hurts what, what he is? Who? Frank Justin Wright. Hurts. Ju- Justin Herbert. <laughs> Just- <laughs> you you combine the two, so I really don't know which one you're talking about. <laughs> Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. Uh no, I mean it's it's all in the player, right? But it's also like the system you're in. So like the reason I'm when- high on Anthony Richardson is I like the system that Stain- Shane Steichen ran with Jalen Hurts. I mean, dude, this guy was gonna get run out of town. Jalen Hurts, we all loved him for his work ethic and everything, but we all asked. You were a big one that was like he doesn't have the talent to play quarterbacks. Like, you know, he just, he just isn't a, a premier quarterback in this league and he's in the Super Bowl, you know, and he's running and he's in the MVP race. And so like, I think that says something. I don't know how much it says, like we'll know in three, four years, but I, I think that you. says something. I hate you, man. Look, it's the truth. I just can't believe you're putting, you're like, you know what? Anthony Richardson. Yeah. And CJ Stroud. Eh. No, I, I I just can't believe it. And can you blame me for not trusting the Texans? Can you really blame me? 
dude, get over it. This is a new regime, bro. <laughs> Miko's in town, bro. It's it's time to stop this negative. That's a like, nice dodge. You dodge like, that like, nice. <laughs> like as if as if we still got Easter Bunny up and up in the you know sky deck, the owner suite yeah. <laughs> up in the owner suite like we still have bob making the worst trades in history bro bro it, it's a bro, new era and that and that, so. and, and and that's what i'm trying to tell everybody that's what i'm trying to preach it's a new era we got miko in town nick casario out here making moves big moves like there's so much reason to be excited qb uh, uh got a qb cj stroud he's gonna have this chip on his shoulder he's gonna have this nice offensive coordinator from the kyle shanahan tree we're gonna be looking nice dude i mean i'm not saying we're going to playoffs <laughs> well actually in the afc south there that that's not too far-fetched i'm not even gonna cap we definitely gonna beat anthony richardson in the colts that's for sure um you can lock Ooh, you're not. you can, you can lock that in May second. We're beating the Colts twice this year. Oh, both okay. games we're gonna sweep them. Anthony okay. Richardson is not that guy, and I'm also glad to say, finally, te- the the teams must have listened to me mm. on our other episode when I was when I told them about the Will Levis. Oh yeah, dilemma, <laughs> dilemma. cause. It was such a big Will Levis still available after the first round. Like, duh, duh. What do you What do you mean, wait, duh? Though, like, I'm just like, like who? Why? 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 Why would you reach in the first round for him? Like, because he eats bananas with the peel on. That means character. He's he's got grit. <laughs> I don't know. I've never, I haven't watched a snap of his. I mean, I probably have, and I didn't even know it, but I agree with you. Like, I thought it was really funny that it's like, I always love seeing the girlfriends on NFL draft, not because they're all just ridiculously good looking, but also because it's like funny to watch their reactions. I felt bad for the guy. I mean, the guy was expected to be like a top five pick, and then he doesn't get drafted until the second round. Like, that's humiliating. I mean, on such a, it's humiliating to get drafted in the NFL, right? Like to not, but it, but the point being is like when you're expecting top five and then you have to sit there and the cameras are on you all night, like waiting, to get drafted in the board and you go down the boards and you're like, okay, Vikings, Seahawks, like all these different teams. It's like, they've all got quarterbacks. Like, and then, you know, I'm glad that the Titans took him because I thought, I think the Titans is a good spot for him uh, behind Tannehill. That's who took him. Yeah, he's with the Titans. I like oh it. Oh my god, such a typical. He if I had to guess like if I just had to guess, it would be the Titans. Of course the Titans would go after him. Like that's just like a god. The Titans mean? for some reason fall in love with a game manager s quarterback. They never had Eli that, Manning. That 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 <laughs> They could run the offense through Derrick Henry and they could have these guys just come. They just drafted Willis last year, no? Yeah. Yeah, two, maybe maybe two years ago. And I guess they're giving up on him. Yeah, it's so, just like, dang, y'all didn't even give him a chance, bro. Like, it is what it is. Um, we'll be whooping them too, I guess. That's fine. Easy, easy pickings for us. 
for Houston Texans. Like I said, at first I was like, oh, we're going to be better. Might not make the playoffs, but AFC South, the way it is right now, there's a chance we make it to playoffs unless like Jacksonville with Peterson under second second year under Peterson just take this huge just leap into just being top tier contenders. I mean, they could be. I mean, Trevor Lawrence. I mean, it could, help. it could, it it could happen. It could. I can see that. With just because Peterson, his his record says speaks all. It does. It does. Um, Let's move though. Let's move to the association. I want to chat basketball because I've been watching basketball like a fiend. It's amazing. I don't watch a single regular season game, and then when the playoffs come on, I'm glued every single night to this. So, a lot of different directions here. Um did you see Harden was actually cl- clutch last night? I couldn't Let's believe go there. it. Let's go I there. couldn't believe I was, it, bro. I was laying in bed, and I watched him get the swap onto Al Horford, and I sat up, and I was like, this is like, I almost I almost closed my eyes and envisioned him in a red jersey. Like, I was, I wanted him to be in a red jersey so bad in that moment. It's like, this is Rockets, James Harden. And he pulls up, and I scream, James, and it goes in. I'm like, yes. I was immediately texted my dad i was like that was exactly like he used to do it with us and i love that for him i'm so happy not in the playoffs, for him. Not, in the playoffs not in the playoffs not in the playoffs no i mean he's he's i mean it last night statistically i watched a lot of sports this morning last night that was one of his statistically best playoff performances ever like both he made if i remember correctly it's like six jump shots six in the paint and like six from three or some, some met four, four and six or something like that. And he absolutely dominated. I loved that for him. He needed that after years of all this. He's not, he can't play in the playoffs. He's not clutch, you know, all the trying to make it so close, you know, game five, Chris Paul goes down. I'm still going to cry about it. I mean, that, that kind of stuff. It's just so nice to witness him not have, is number one in Joel Embiid and get the job done against the Boston Celtics, who by and large, like should be the favorites in the East, in my opinion, like they absolutely should be. They have the most complete team. They, they had essentially the team they had last year that went to the finals. And then they added Malcolm Brogdon. Like they have one of the best teams in the whole league. And they lost last night to James Harden, like not the 76ers. I mean, uh, Maxi and Tobias Harris did their thing. I think it was 26 and 18. They both had respectively. But James Harden with 45 points, bro. I love that. I love that for him. I'm so happy for him. So, yes, 119-115, Philly takes the lead. And huge. Absolutely massive for them. So happy. I'm like a Sixers fan, dude, because they've got all my old players. They've got PJ. They've got Daryl Morey. They've got Tad Brown. Daryl Morey and Tad Brown both being in the front office. They've got uh, James Harden. And they have one other cat that I can't remember his name, but there's another guy on the, like, another player that they have. I love it, dude. It's like the Houston Rockets, but, like, what we should have been. If we were in the East, that's what we would have been. If, so, if I'm happy. If we would have tanked for year after year. and Year after year. Yeah. Trust the process kind of nonsense. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I I love it, though. I'm so happy. So happy for him. It's crazy because I just switched on that game because the – Devils and Rangers game was on commercial, so I was like, "Oh, okay. Oh, look the the Seventy Sixers are playing Seventy Sixers in Boston, and I cut in like for those last like thirty seconds. So I was like, "Oh, 
Nice. Well, then let's swap over to the other Boston team. Which, oh Lord, give me give me the breakdown. Like, what is why is this such a shocker with the Boston Bruins going down? Like, what what is this? Like, why is everybody freaking out? The Boston Bruins just completed the uh, the best regular season in NHL history. So think about it as the Golden State Warriors going 73-9 and and then losing in the first round of the playoffs. I mean, that, that's the best I can give to you because that's essentially the equivalent. They um, had the most points. And by points, I mean, uh, you know, hockey does points. So, like, a win is two points. But over, if you do go into overtime, overtime loss is one point. So then you add it up, and that's what, you know, gives you the top, the standings. Um, so they had the most points in NHL regular season history, and they lost. Game seven at home. In overtime to the Florida Panthers, who barely they're scraped in at the end of the season to the playoffs and were the last last team in, the last seed. So what happened? And the Bruins were up three one in the series. Oh shit. They were up three it wasn't like a back and forth like one, 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 one. No, they were up 3 1. Wow. Okay. And what happened so, was. So, okay, yeah, what happened? I mean, I still haven't like really gotten down to the X and, X's and O's of hockey because it's like, it's just, it's different sport. It's just, I don't, I don't know what like people are supposed to be doing. Therefore, I can't tell when they're out of position or something like that. Whereas in other sports, I know when somebody's out of position. But no, so like, like injuries. Not, no, not really. I mean, Pasternak was out, I think, the first two games. But those were the, I mean, like I said, the Bruins were up 3-1 going into game five. So, I mean, they, they kind of just blew it. I mean, I think their goalkeeper got injured last game in game six but like i said once again they were up 3-1 i mean the thing is the panthers i don't know what it was they just had they there was an obvious they had that dog in them like i'm dead ass there was just they just wanted it more and and it's just crazy how this game works especially that game seven they were they went up florida went up 2-0 by the second period. But then they it was just so stupid to watch. They gave up like freaking like four straight penalties. So it was like power play after power play for the Bruins. Obviously they capitalize on some of those. They end up going up 3-2. So this is why I love this shit, man. It was up Bruins up 3-2. It's like a minute and a half left in the game. Obviously they empty net. The six the extra skater comes in. And it's super intense, hella intense. And it's crazy because it's one of those things where, in my head, I've seen just how the way the play has gone. I was like, dude, Florida's going to score just because, like, dude, they're just, they're just, they're not going, they're just not going down, man. They won't go down. They refuse. Literally, like, I think 
30 seconds left in the game. Boom. Hit the goal, tie the game up. Goes into overtime. And overtime, they just dominated. I knew it was, it was a matter of time before they finally got one in, but they, they dominated. They had possession. They were, taking, they were taking the puck away on defense. Like, Bruins didn't really have a chance. Um, and it's just crazy how I heard that stadium go. Like, it was bananas. It was loud. When they tied the game up, dude, it went silent. It was just so silent. And... Yeah, man, it was crazy upset, dude. Just one one of the craziest things. And on the same day, Game Seven for the former, the defending Stanley Cup champions, the Avalanche, Game Seven lose to the Seattle Kraken, another team that just a wild card team. You know, Kraken are expansion team. They just started. Uh, two. They just formed two years ago. I want to say. I believe nice. it was. They win Game Seven on the road as well against the St- defending Stanley Cup champions, and it's just like, what is this? What is going on here? This is this is insane. That is insane. So let me ask you this then: Is there? Are we gonna with the Celtics losing, dude? And dude, with some some the Boston some vibes. Bruins losing. There's some vibes the going around in Boston. Bro, all that winning, they're all they all grew up. A lot of those like people our age grew up with all this winning. Now they have to taste what it tastes like to lose and failure over and over again and eat that shit every single year. Bro. I yeah, love that. There's some Right now, there's some weird vibes going on in Boston, and if the Celtics don't win the next game either, you know it's, it's gonna be really, Bro. it's gonna be really looking down. But uh, yeah, H- the NHL playoffs has been nuts. I think uh, last night, two New New York Rangers versus New Jersey Devils went to over. Not went to went to Game Seven. Rangers bounced out. Rangers just got uh, Kane. Patrick Kane from the Blackhawks and stuff. They loaded up this roster just to lose in the first round. It, it's insane. And uh, there's really nothing like it, especially when it comes down to that like last minute slash overtime. Oh my God. Overtime, dude. It's intense <laughs> because like a team could dominate the puck, have the puck, and you think, oh, they're going to win. All it takes, it's winner. It's the next person scores. Like somebody could easily just steal the puck and somehow have a one-on-one boom make it in and that's game bro like it's just it's just instant it's so instant it's it makes you feel like wait there should be more right like we're we're still gonna keep playing right nah but yeah the rangers going down too is a big one because i mean they're high on people's list to win the cup after re i mean all the trade acquisitions getting some top-notch players just to lose to the Devils, who just a year ago were like one of the worst teams in the league. Um, but yeah, it's it's we're wide heating open up right and on, on the rink and on the court, dude. There's great time of the year, dude. Great time of the year. I mean, I just mentioned the word heat. And I got to talk about my man Jimmy Butler, man. Let's oh, dude, Flor- like I said, Florida, Florida is heating up right now. Panthers beating 
beating uh, the Bruins, upsetting the Bruins, the Heat upsetting the Bucks, and now they're in here playing, winning against the Knicks, bro. Florida South South Beach right now is popping. So there's four teams left in the East. Four teams are the Heat, the 76ers, the Knicks, and the Celtics. I'm telling you right now, I might take the Heat to come out of the East. Like, there is nobody that's hotter than the Heat in the NBA playoffs right now. Like, they seemingly cannot lose. Like, Jimmy Butler is willing his way back to the NBA Finals. I just, I just, you look, Giannis was the biggest hurdle for them. Well, first of all, getting into the playoffs and then beating the number one seed. I believe they were number one seed, right? Milwaukee, I'm not sure. One yes, of the top seeds. yes, yes, they were number one. Um, beating the number one seed. And now they're facing the Knicks. They beat the Knicks in game one. I like, I really don't think they can lose. Like, I really don't. So, I, I want, I, I want to they ask you, them. have, have you ever seen, a basketball player that was just, I mean, Jimmy Butler is regular season. He's good, but he's not, you know, he doesn't really make the all NBA. He does not an all-star, but dog, when the playoffs come around, this man becomes just literally top three player in the league automatically just put playoffs in front of it. And he's just, this man can't be stopped. I mean, have we ever seen a player that's just so like, oh, he's, he's good. Like just in the regular season, just kind of, they're good. They're not great. They're good. They're there. They're definitely starting, you know, but then in the playoffs just become just can't stop unstoppable superstar. Damian Lillard? I mean, but I, I, it's I wouldn't been even like, say that. Dude, this has been like three, four years in a row now. We see Jimmy just like, eh, during the regular season, then playoffs coming. He's just like freaking putting up 50, like a 50 piece every game, triple double and whatnot. Just can't be stopped. All you hear about is Jimmy Butler cannot be stopped. And I'm just like, where does this come from, bro? Like, this man's better than Kawhi Leonard, bro. I'm gonna put it right now. He's better than Kawhi Leonard. He is. He is. But you wouldn't know that. Kawhi Leonard gets all the recognition to all no, NBAs, he, and he has he has the best ability, availability. But, well, that's the thing. Even, even then, man, like, I mean, yeah, that's true. That's Dude. like if if Kawhi's on the court. And playing at the level that he was playing, like in Toronto, I think it's pretty easy to say that Kawhi Leonard is better than Jimmy Butler. But the fact that Jimmy Butler just like I feel like the man could break both of his legs and he would still put up fifty. Like just, I really believe that. Like I just do because he just he just wants to win. You were talking about before the Panthers wanting just wanting to win, right? Yeah, I think that was the one you referenced or the Seattle, yeah. which one of the two? They just Panthers, wanted to yeah. win more. Like, yeah. I feel that out of Jimmy where he just, like, it, most of the time when he steps on the court in the playoffs, he just, like, wants it more than everybody else on the court. And the, and you mm-hmm. can see it watching it in t- on TV. And you don't, I mean, I'm with you where if you start thinking about the players that in the regular season, they're, like, 20 to 25-point guys. But then they get to the postseason, they're, like, 25 to 30-point guys. And then they have, like, 
like a 56 piece like he did against the Bucks, the number one seed. It's like, bro, like nobody does that. Like you don't you don't elevate your game even higher at the highest moments when you're I mean, a good player, like a great player, I would say, a great player in this league. But like you don't take it to be like an all-time playoff performer. Like we will remember Jimmy Butler for his playoff performances, not for his regular season, just because every single time he's in the playoffs, dude. Like you remember in the bubble when he was leaning over on the desk there? Him him and LeBron were just going back and forth. Yeah. Dude, LeBron is is the greatest player ever. And if he isn't, if it isn't him, it's Michael Jordan. But regardless, he's one of the greatest players ever. And Jimmy Butler is going back and forth with the greatest player ever. It's like that's that like that's not skill. That's like that's the will to want to win, right there. That's the will to win. That's what that is. So I I agree with you, man. There's nobody like him, and I love watching him play, dude. And, and the thing is, we've seen it like three or four years in a row now. Where yes, he is he's good during the regular season and then playoffs he just playoff i mean in the playoffs he's probably top three i mean there's not there's kd lebron i mean if Giannis was in the series i mean he's top mm-hmm. five he's top yeah. five which which if you asked me two months ago i wouldn't say he's top five in the league no but it's playoffs now, and he's top five. So the question still stands: like Heat, Knicks, Seventy Sixers, Celtics. Like, are you really betting against the Heat right now? Looks like it's the Nuggets' year. I'm just saying to get to the finals, though. I think Seventy Sixers might might get there. I like the Seventy Sixers if Joel is Wh- healthy. Whoever whoever wins out of that series is going to the finals. I mean. The Heat, I, I know the Heat will put up a grand fight, but ultimately, especially if it's Joel Embiid moving on, I mean, there's just not much you could do about that, brother. Like, if he's healthy, he's a big man, dude. He's that's a big, big man. man. <laughs> that's a big dude, and so I just let's let's I, talk about the other big dude, the Nuggets, man, Mister Jokic. Stephen A said this morning, I loved it, man. This guy can't jump up a curve. He can't jump, he can't jump up a curve, dude. But for whatever reason, nobody can stop him. And I agree. You watch him play, and he's like the most unathletic person on the basketball court. Meanwhile, you have Jamal Murray, who is just like a freak. I mean, can make everything, it feels like. I mean, when he turns it on, and he's in like a prove-it kind of playoff season mode right now, and I love that for him. I was actually texting our friend Will about, who's from Denver, about the Nuggets, I was like, dude, this really does feel like y'all's year because if everybody can stay healthy, you know, knock on wood, and they keep clicking like they've been clicking, I mean, they've been together long enough. They understand how to play. The coach has been there long enough. I mean, they just, in the Suns, it's just another scenario where I'm I'm just really glad um, that, you know, they're not going to win because they're down 2-0 right now, and I cannot see them winning four out of the next five like that is so difficult if they win tomorrow night or sorry friday night if the nuggets win and they go up 3-0 i mean that's that's it that's a wrap so they're backed into a corner chris paul went down classic hate to see it but classic um hate to see it classic uh but they're top heavy they have no depth they have no depth and 
the the hate that I've been seeing across all the mainstream media is Monty Williams doesn't know how to play his team because like the bench, dude, you look at the bench numbers for the Suns, it's a joke. Like he won't play them. Like they're so top heavy. And now that Chris Paul's out, it's like, can this would be one of those playoff performance, playoff season type performances from Kevin Durant that would be just it, it would be legendary to think that he could elevate his entire team beyond the nuggets into the NBA finals. Like that would be, that would cement him as one of the greatest ever. If he was able to do this, this, this year, because he doesn't have any help. It's just Devin Booker. Devin Booker is phenomenal. But if Kevin Durant picks his team up, puts him on the, on his back and takes him to the finals, he's one of the greatest ever. I mean, that's just, it, the the cards the the, the timeline or every the the series of events it's all set up for him to do that if he can do it we'll see. Speaking of setup, launch Los Angeles Lakers, Golden Ooh. State Warriors, a rivalry, LeBron versus Steph reunited once again. I love it. Um, man, what what are you what are you expecting from this series? I mean. I me personally, I I don't know, bro. I don't know what I'm gonna get. I feel like LeBron's been slacking a little bit through the first round, but you know I've been listening to some inter- like just interviews here and there, and I forgot who it was I was listening to, and he was like, they were saying I think it was Oladipo, and he was saying that you know that experience, you know, comes in big because you know when you need to turn it on like when your team needs you to take over do your thing and it didn't go zero dark 30 this year i know somebody said man imagine all the cold uh <laughs> clapback posts we've been missing because of zero dark 30 all, over all these years because uh what he his post about the the bear yeah, dude. I was like, I, love Dang, that, I never thought of that. I never thought of that. All them clapbacks he would have had. Dang. I love it. But yeah, I don't know what to expect out of this one. Um, Golden State, they aren't the Golden State we usually know. Um, oh. In a way, they do oh. have, there, there, there are some flaws in there that can be exposed. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I just don't know. I don't want to see. Who First, you, who I, mean, you got? I, need, I got Lakers in seven, but this is me expecting like LeBron to kind of put it into the next. He's going to close it out. He's going to put in it into Golden the next State. year in San Francisco. He's going to close it out. You're saying, I mean, it wouldn't, it, it would be, it would be poetic. No, it would be. It would be. Oh, what do I have? Here? Now, now that we th- hold, on, hold on, I'm sorry. Now that I think about it, has after the three one 2016 thing, I don't think LeBron has faced Golden State without KD ever since. This is the first time. Oh boy. Oh boy, that's nice. I'm taking the Lakers in six. <laughs> I'm 100%. I'm on the LeBron train. This is clearly the last season. Like I've said this in the past and I want him to prove me wrong. I've said 
LeBron James will never have another opportunity to win a championship. He will not be the best player. Actually, I think my words were, he will not be the best player on a championship contending team. I want him to make me eat my words. I want him to do it. Lakers in six. LeBron James is the fucking goat. It is obvious, dude. This guy could flip a switch and he just goes bananas. Like it is, it's, there's nobody that can physically stop him on Golden State. If he wants to get a bucket, he can do it. And so if he needs to put up 35 every night, he will do it. But this whole series is dependent on Anthony fucking Davis, dude. He needs to step up. Anthony Davis, like I said, I want him to make me eat my words, but I still do believe that if Anthony Davis is playing at a high level and he is clear-cut the best player, the number one option on the team, and LeBron James is more a facilitator and can get a bucket whenever he wants, I think they're unstoppable. Like, I really do. They're clicking on all gears. AR-15, that dude is not a joke. He is not a joke. He can play. I love this team. I think they're clicking right now. It's kind of the same thing as the Miami Heat. Like, they're just playing, dude. And for whatever reason, LeBron James is just on one right now. Like, it's the Dylan Brooks idiot that just pushed him and, like, basically said, you know, you're old, you can't do it anymore. And LeBron James is like, all right, you know, I'm just going to go win a championship. Like, I'm just going to go win a championship. And Dylan Brooks, hilariously, is not going to be on a team. He's going to be on the Shanghai Sharks next year, which is going to be hilarious. Because... I, a Memphis fan for one year, for one year, last year, loved Dylan Brooks last year. This year, took it way too far. I mean, put his team in jeopardy by poking the largest fucking bear in the woods. He poked LeBron James the goat. Why would you do that? Why would you do that for not only your team, but for everybody else? Like, people don't compare him, or people compare him about the Michael Jordan and the seriousness of the game, the competition. Bruh. These are the times that you look at it and you go, LeBron James is that competitive. Like, he is that serious. Because somebody like Dylan Brooks, who's a nobody. I mean, he averages, what, like six fucking points a game? Like, he's a nobody. But he pokes LeBron, and LeBron goes, I, it's all I needed. And he just goes bananas. I love that about him. And so I'm taking the Lakers in six. He's going to go ballistic. There is no J.R. Smith to ruin his 50-piece. So it's going to go crazy. I love this. That was probably the best soliloquy you've ever given on this podcast is history. <laughs> loved it. Um, it's because it's a Lakers thing. It's a LeBron thing. That's why you loved it. <laughs> I, I just, the passion, I loved that too. It was just like. I'm going to be mean, horribly wrong. Steph is going to go for 60 every game and I'm going to be wrong and that'll be okay. But my take yeah. from last year will be correct, which is all right. I'm hedging my take. Hedging your take. There you go, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, dude. Um I this is a much better matchup for LeBron than than the Grizzlies. Um I feel like the Grizzlies were are a lot better defensively than the Warriors are. So I think he'll take advantage of that more than I mean, it's funny with the Grizzlies, I feel like he just kind of cakewalked a little bit which is funny to say because he did he played pretty damn good <laughs> and it's like lebron's terms it's just kind of he cakewalked through that now or i feel like he's really gonna unleash the beast dude this, this team this, this team is good like i even mentioned d'angelo russell jared vanderbilt is a legit like great defensive player i mean great player swiss army knife he does everything yeah, I, 
Yeah, Rui Hachimura is no joke. I mean, Dennis Schroeder's still on the team. I mean, they've got like enough depth to survive. And again, I've always said this about the Warriors, and this is going to be the most important thing. You cannot play their style of play. Like you can't let them con- just uh, control the play style of the game. Like you can't make them. What am I trying to say? You can't allow them to force you to shoot threes. You have to dictate the style of play that you want to play. Like you can't allow them to make you shoot threes all game, because if that happens, they're the best at that. You got to play your game. So that's always been my thing with the Warriors. If Steph goes off and goes nuclear for 50 again, like, I mean, what are you going to do? But again, what scares me is Clay Thompson was, I think one for 10 in that game from three. So like, that's what scares me. But I can't I can't Lakers wait for <laughs> I can't wait for that first LeBron block on Curry. Block by James. Block by James. <laughs> yeah, dude, I love yeah. it. I think it's I think it's awesome. It's poetic. Um it's what everybody wants is one more time. You know, this is this is one of those matchups that we look back on that streak. Was it four? I think they played in a row against each other. Like that so was three or four. Yeah. We like by the fourth and the even the third one, we're like, oh my God, again. But now we like look back on it and kind of reminisce like this. I'm so glad we get it one more time. Like it's not mm-hmm. in the finals, but we get it one more time because these are two of the generational defining players. And this will be more than likely the last time they face off on this stage. I mean, you just can't see another way it happening. You know, and you can only do it so many times, right? I keep saying this every single time. LeBron can only go so far every year, but I guess he's doing it again this year. Fucking Dylan Brooks, poke the bear, the largest bear in the woods. So stupid. Yep. Well, uh, you got anything else? Because your boy is starving, Marvin. No, that's uh, that's everything I got, man. It was fun. I mean, we got plenty of playoffs to talk next time, and I've enjoyed it. But yeah, I'll let you. Uh... We've been what we've been doing. What's our what's our normal time? I feel like we we've been running pretty pretty on par. We about an hour right now. Is that where we're at? Uh, yeah. yeah, dude, we're right over an hour. An hour and two minutes. Look at us. We're pros. Yeah, man. it's just running running into my my dinner time. Oh, which is, is it? Which isn't the usual. That's why my stomach's like. All right, all right. Well, two fans, you know where to find us at Slice Tables Pod, Slice Tables Podcast. Every Tuesday and Thursday. We're going to be talking. I guess I got to probably hop on the NHL bandwagon and start watching some more NHL so I can have some back and forth with you. Probably should I'll, buy a rule book or something. <laughs> if, if, if anything like pops up on TV, I'll just be like, yo, the Oilers are playing. Put, McJesus I, is playing. I put, I've put a few on. I have, but I've been glued to the NBA, dude. So I'm a I'm big fan of this. Um, maybe, maybe I want to put this a, out there, though. I want to put this out there. Two fans, I want you to tweet at us or get with David and I. The take that we had about CJ Stroud and drafting a quarterback too early or too late, like kind of that process about building a team. I want to know everybody's opinion on what do you think? Like if you draft a quarterback now, is it too early or do you need to put more pieces around him and then you draft a quarterback? I'm really curious about that because I've gotten a couple different opinions. But uh, at Slice Devils Pod, Slice Devils Podcast, every Tuesday and Thursday, wherever you get podcasts and uh We'll see you next time.